0: This video is part of an audiobook series featuring Principles, Life and Work, written by Ray Dalio in 2017. For more audiobooks, please visit my YouTube channel, find me on Spotify, or check out my website for downloads. Now we've talked about how to get the organization right. Here is how to get the people right. While we talked about an organization's culture in the last section, Its people are even more important because they can change the culture for better or for worse. A culture and its people are symbiotic. The culture attracts certain kinds of people, and the people in turn either reinforce or evolve the culture based on their values and what they're like. If you choose the right people with the right values and remain in sync with them, you will play beautiful jazz together. If you choose the wrong people, you will all go over the waterfall together. Steve Jobs, who everyone thought was the secret to Apple's success, said, the sec- quote, the secret to my success is that we've gone to exceptional lengths to hire the best people in the world, End quote. I explain this concept in the next chapter. Remember that the who is more important than the what. Anyone who runs a successful organization will tell you the same. Yet most organizations are bad at recruiting. It starts with interviewers picking people they like and who are like them, instead of focusing on what people are really like and how well they will fit in their jobs and careers. As I describe in Chapter 8, hire right because the penalties for hiring wrong are huge. To hire well, one needs a more scientific process that precisely matches people's values, abilities, and skills with the organization's culture and its career paths You and your candidate need to get to know each other, you have to let them interview your organization and to have to honestly convey to them what it's like, wart and all, and be crystal clear about what you can expect from each other. But even then, after you both say yes, you won't know if you have a good fit until you've lived together in your work and relationships for a while. The interviewing process doesn't end when employment begins, but transitions into a rigorous process of training, testing, sorting, and most importantly, getting in sync which i describe in chapter nine constantly train test evaluate and sort people i believe that the ability to objectively self-assess including one's own weaknesses is the most influential factor in whether a person succeeds and that a healthy organization is one in which people compete not so much against each other as against the ways in which their lower level selves get in the way Your goal should be to hire people who understand this, equip them with the tools and the information they need to flourish in their jobs, and not micromanage them. If they can't do the job after being trained and given time to learn, get rid of them. But if they can, promote them. Chapter 7. Remember that the who is more important than the what. People often make the mistake of focusing on what should be done while neglecting the more important question of who should be given the responsibility for determining what should be done. That's backward. When you know what you need in a person to do the job well, and you know what the person you're putting into is like, you can pretty well visualize how things will go. I remember one case where one of our, more, our most talented rising executives was putting together a transition plan so that he could move on to another role. He arrived at a meeting with the management committee with binders full of process flows and responsibility maps detailing every aspect of the area he'd been responsible for and explained how he'd automated and systematized as much of it as possible to make it foolproof. It was a pretty impressive presentation, but it quickly became clear that he didn't have an answer for who was going to take his place and what would happen if they saw things differently and put together a different plan. Who would oversee the machine he'd built? probe it for problems, and constantly improve it or decide to get rid of it? What qualities would such a person need to produce the same excellent results that he had, i.e., what were the important job specifications we should match the person against? Where would we go to recruit such a person? While these kinds of questions seem obvious in retrospect, time and again I see people overlooking them. Not knowing what is required to do the job well and not knowing what your people are like is like trying to run a machine without knowing how its parts work together. When I was younger, I didn't really understand the saying, hire someone better than you. Now, after decades of hiring, managing, and firing people, I understand that to be truly successful, I need to be like a conductor of people, many of whom, if not all, can play their instruments better than I can and that if I was really a great conductor, I would also be able to find a better conductor than me and hire him or her. My ultimate goal is to create a machine that works so well that I can just sit back and watch beauty happen. I cannot emphasize enough how important the selection, training, testing, evaluation, and sorting of people is. In the end, what you need to do is simple. 1. Remember the goal. two. Give the goal to people who can achieve it, which is best, or tell them what to do to achieve it, which is micromanaging, and therefore less good. Number 3. Hold them accountable. 4. If they still can't do the job after you've trained them and given them time to learn, get rid of them. 7.1. Recognize that the most important decisions for you to make is who you choose as your responsible parties. If you put your goals in the hands of RPs or responsible parties who can execute those goals well and if you make it clear to them that they are personally responsible for achieving those goals and doing the tasks, they should produce excellent results. The same goes for yourself. If your designer or manager you doesn't have a good reason to be confident that the worker you is up to a given tasks task, it would be crazy to let yourself do the task without seeking a lot without seeking the supervision of believable parties. You know that there are a lot of incompetent people in the world trying to do things they're not good at, so the chances are good that you are one of them. That's just a reality, and it's okay for you to accept it and deal with it in a way that produces good outcomes. A. Understand that the most important RPs are those responsible for the goals, outcomes, and machines at the highest level. Give me someone who can be responsible for an entire area, someone who can design, hire, and sort to achieve the goal, and I can be comfortable things will go well. These are the most important people to choose and manage well. Senior managers must be capable of higher level thinking and understand the difference between goals and tasks, and value goals as largely innate, though it improves with experience. It can be tested for, though no tests are perfect. 7.2 Know that the ultimate responsible party will be the person who bears the consequences of what is done. So long as you bear the consequences of failure, you are the ultimate responsible party. For example, while you might choose to delegate the responsibility of figuring out how to handle your illness to a doctor, it is your responsibility to pick the right one, since you will bear the consequences if he does a bad job. Or if you were building a house, you would go to an architect and say, show me the kinds of houses I can build. Or would you tell the architect what kind of house you want to live in? This is especially true when it comes to money. If you delegate the oversight responsibility for your finances to others, they typically won't hold themselves accountable for your money as they would their own, and they wouldn't fire themselves if they are doing a bad job. Only the ultimate RP can do that. When putting someone in a position of responsibility, make sure their incentives are aligned with their responsibilities and they experience the consequences of the outcomes they produce. As an example, structure their deals so that they do well or badly based on how well or badly you do in the areas they are responsible for. This is fundamental for good management. A. Make sure that everyone has someone to report to. Even a company's owners have bosses. In their case, the investors whose money is being spent to achieve their goals. If the owners are self-funded, they still have to make their clients and employees happy and they can't escape the responsibility of making sure that their costs are acceptable and their goals are being met. Even if a person's job is unique, someone needs to be holding them accountable at all times. 7.3. Remember the force behind the thing. Most people see the things around them without considering the forces that created them. In most cases, those forces were specific people with specific qualities who worked in specific ways. Change the people and you change how things develop. Replace creators with non-creators and you stop having creations. People tend to personify organizations, saying things like, Apple is a creative company, while mistakenly depersonalizing their results, thus losing sight of who did what to produce them. That's misguided because companies don't make decisions, people do. So who are the people in your organization behind the results and culture that make it special? Think about who they are and how they work together to make it what it is.